Welcome to another podcast with City Edge Church. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Great morning this morning, a good conversation around our Game Changer series. And uh, I just love this series as we launched last week uh, on Sunday morning and night. And uh, we're continuing on with that. Uh, the Game Changer series is all about the heart behind the fact that God is our source. He is our source. He is our provision in all things. And I believe He has called us to trust Him, to better put our faith in Him and our time, our giftedness, and in our finances as well. And uh, for any guests here today, uh, we just wanna let you know, every year in March, we take a three-week series and we take this time to talk about money, to talk about finances, and to talk about the fact that we can trust God in our, in, as our provision, but also that we can be generous in the call of God and to walk in obedience with Him. And uh, I love the fact that in the Gospels, Jesus actually spoke about money more than He spoke about faith. Isn't that incredible? And, uh, and because He knew that it had the power to get a hold of your heart. And, uh, and at the end of the day, God wants our heart. That's the most important thing because when He knows He has our heart, He has our life. Who agrees with that today? And so, so today we're, we're doing something that a little bit different and uh, we're going to be doing this panel again tonight, which is fantastic. We're looking forward to what God is going to do today. So I just want to welcome our panelists today and our guests here today. First of all, I want to welcome Dave Hodson and uh, let's give Dave a clap today. And uh, if you're a guest today, just going to let you know a little bit about Dave. Uh, Dave has been a member of City Edge Church for over 17 years. And Dave is the founder and CEO of the Paladin Group of Companies. And in 2006, Dave launched here at City Edge Kingdom Investors, a marketplace ministry, ministry that reaches globally and impacts thousands of business leaders to build on kingdom principles. He's also launched recently the ASP movement globally, the All Shall Prosper movement, uh, which encourages business practices built on sharing and caring in order to build a just nation. And that is going gangbusters right now. It's going, growing all across the world right now. And so it's so great to have you here. Dave, let's give Dave another clap today. So great to have him with us. Uh, also, we have Joe and Mia Nusafora. Yeah, you can't give him a clap. Awesome. And uh, they've been members here at City Edge for over eight years. And uh, Joe and Mia have been leading Alpha here at City Edge. And Joe is currently launching a new men's life group as well, which is going well. It's launching very soon. And uh, they also own Clean Getaway, a mobile detail, car detailing business that has clients all over the coast. It has grown to become a successful business, now with a detailing workshop in Rwanda. And finally, they are expecting their first child in May this year, uh, which is also so very exciting for you guys. Let's give another warm welcome to Joe and Mia Nusafora. We're looking forward to diving into these stories today. So we'll start with you, Dave. Uh, Dave, you've lived an incredible journey in your life. And uh, I always say that I believe that Dave's lived like four lives in one. And uh, I, I always tell him, you should write a book, Dave, for all the stories that are in your life. And, uh, but I'd like for you to start today to tell us just a bit about the Peloton Group of Companies and how that began and just a story with that. Thanks, Dave. Okay, so... Probably most of you have heard my testimony, so I'm not going to go over that, but very quickly, I came here as a um, uh, person with absolutely no money, just debt, 76 grand's worth of credit card debt, and I came here under prophetic word 
to help Pastor Dan, the original pastor before Pastor Paul, to build the church. And to my mind, that was nail bag, trowels, we're going to physically build a church and I can go back home to the Atherton Tablelands. And because um, that's what we'd just done. We had physically, the congregation built the church up there physically. And I thought, okay, we have to do this again. Why can't they stay in one place? But anyway, <laughs> we came, when I, soon after I got here, I straight away had a prophetic word that uh, I was about to write six-figure checks for the church. Okay, so I realized it was finance, not, not bricks and mortar. And I had no money. So I had to figure out how will I get money to fund this church so I could go back home. And so that was me understanding that I needed to start a business, okay, to do what God had told me to do. And that's how Paladin was first born, deliberately, specifically to fund this church. And it was formed as a partnership between myself and two other guys. They since left, I brought them out. And uh, as we focused on that, uh, remember we had no money, so I had to learn how to make money. I had to go, I became a finance broker to learn how the banks worked. I didn't know anything about them. But I figured it all out. The Lord applied his favor, and within three years, or two years and seven months, we had a $100 million company, okay? And we were funding the church with six-figure checks. And this church was in dire financial straits at that time. Some of the ladies, Dawn and others, you'd remember those days. So there was, the church was about to close its doors every week. But because we engaged with what God, God told us to do, that's what happened. And now the company is about an $850 million group of about 30 companies, okay? So that's us. That's awesome. Thanks, Dave. Dejo and Mia, can you just give us an overview of your business experience and your history there? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, we actually own Clean Getaway Car Detailing, as Pastor Paul said. And uh, we, within the last two years, we took ownership of, well, not ownership, sorry, but we got ourselves a workshop to, to work out of in October 2016. And um, at the moment, we uh, have our business we have about seven uh, people working for us and uh, a couple of vans on the road, but it didn't really, we just didn't really end up with that. Like it all pretty much started back in 2009 when I moved down to do university uh, and I moved down to do that and about a year into my degree, I actually got a job working as a car detailer. Didn't really know what I was doing, but uh, it happened. And uh, six months into doing working for that business, the owner of the business actually, who wasn't a car detailer herself, she offered the, to sell me the business. And it's always been something I wanted to do, to own a business, and it's always been a dream I've had. And so had to pray about it a lot and uh, get confirmation about it. And, um, and I did. And so I had to borrow money to be able to purchase this business. And then... So we did that, well I did that, and then a couple of months after that I had to decide whether to do I bail on uni and focus on the business or somehow try and do both, but I really wasn't doing uni, I was mainly doing my job. Uh, so I, I deferred university um, and you know, concentrated on, on the business because that's really what my heart wanted to do, it was really uh, something I believe God has called me to do. And uh, so we start, I started off just with, a, you know, the old faithful Commodore that broke down all the time with a, with a trailer. Um, and then, you know, we just kept growing to, we had to get rid of that, praise the Lord, and get a van, get a, get a work van. And then the business just kept growing on that. So we just had to get some more vans. And uh, four years ago when we got married, uh, Mia was working full time uh, as a hairdresser and she's loved doing that her whole life. And we really had to well, she had to really sacrifice her career job and, and, you know, quit doing that and bring her into the business as, like, to clean up all the back end and all the, the admin, take over the administrative stuff because it was just too busy for me to do myself. Uh, and so that, that really made it 
uh, so that we had to really rely on God because her income was, you know, a vital part of running the business, funding the business, and so we had to really rely on God to, to be our provider. And since then, we've been able to grow the business more. Uh, so, you know, like I said, start off with one van to, you know, now having, like, you know, four vans and a workshop um, in Marana and uh, quite a large clientele. And it's, it's been a crazy journey to look back now and think, how do we get through those seasons? Like, I even think one of my first cars I did was Dave's. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, man, I don't know what I was doing back then. Like... <laughs> You've been harboring unforgiveness against me. Um, please forgive me. I had to um, sell it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, didn't have insurance then too, but um, do now. But yeah, so just to see how God has moved and how he's always been our provider and he's always been there. And we've met great people along the way. Like through Kingdom Investors, we uh, got a Christian business coach, which has been like a mentor, which has been something we've got you know, we really need it, and uh, that's really helped as well. So, yeah, like, that's, that's pretty much our journey so far. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, just back to, back to Dave, uh, at what point did you realize uh, that you being in business was not just about making money for your family or your needs, uh, but also about the assignment God had given you? Okay, so by assignment, um, Pastor Paul's talking about generic Christian purpose, all right, what God wants you to do as distinct from the person sitting next to you, so the reason you're here on earth, and um, I know from, you know, years and years of experience talking to business people that most people are not actually doing their assignment, which is one of the reasons why they never actually break out of, or never break through, but th- but I learned mine when I was here, uh, building the business to fund the church, um, and uh, it started, you know, people started noticing that the church was coming out of its debt and it was getting spread around that this, there was a model here that was working. Um, and then I started getting more prophetic words. So lots of my instructions, because I'm thick-skinned and kind of deaf, you know, I get prophetic words and they're pretty blatant and overt. So I got called out of the audience three, three two Sundays, so three fortnights in a row by different pastors coming through who didn't know me. And uh, they all said the same thing, you will, be, you will go and counsel the kings. I didn't even know who the kings were. I thought, this is Prince Harry and Prince William. How am I going to get an audience? <laughs> you know, that was my naive in, uh, knowledge on it. But, and even on the third one, when they called me out, everyone started laughing because they knew what was coming. So I said to the Lord, I didn't want to do public speaking. Once I figured out I'm going to teach business people stuff, I don't like public speaking, don't like being the center of attention. So I thought, okay, I made a deal with the Lord. I said, all right, if anybody asks me to go and talk, I'll go and do it. And I'll go and teach them what I know. But I'm never going to volunteer. I'm never going to promote and all that. But I'll always say yes. What a stupid deal to make with God. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. So we had a, pa- we had a pastor here, a very senior pastor, a lo- lovely old guy called uh, Ivan Nosworthy. And he was an itinerant guy. So whenever the other churches in the region, pastor went on holiday, he went and took over for the weekend. Every time he gets there, he sees their main problem is finance. So they do- he dobs me in. So oh, you've got to get this guy Hodgson to come and talk to your people. So I'm driving nearly to Perth to go and talk to four people in churches to teach them how to fund their church. It was going on all the time. And eventually, you know, because I'd said, Lord, I'll go, you know, idiot. But anyway, (laughs) eventually Pastor Dan said, Dave, can you form a a ministry in our church, a a Christian business ministry for the businessmen and women, teach them how to fund the church? So I said, yeah, sure. So we changed the model because we don't, I didn't think, I still don't think Christian business ministries work. I've never seen one work. So we formed KI. 
And then KI just grew and grew and grew. And all the other churches around the sunny coast said, can we send our business people there? Pastor Dan said, yeah, send them. So they came and we outgrew the church. We had to split up, went to the Goldie and into Perth and then all around the country. And then it grew overseas and just got bigger and bigger. And again, I never, ever promoted, never wanted to do it, still don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> but it went massive, you know. Uh, last year I did 78 lectures, only 23 in Australia, the rest of them all around the world. Last week, I only got back yesterday from Thailand, massive audience, like that's a 7,700-seat auditorium. This is just faces. They didn't come to listen to me. Benny Hinn was co-speaking. But the point being, those are the audiences that have come out of doing the assignment. So God gave me my assignment in bits and pieces. Had he given it to me all at once, I would have just jumped in the whale next to Jonah and said, forget it. (laughs) Let's sink the whale, pull the plug out. But uh, he gave it to me in bits so that I could cope with it. So you guys, it's the same thing. But let me tell you, once you get your assignment, if you don't engage it, expect to be come to a plateau. Expect to be stood down because God wants us to do stuff. And, and, and if we do it, then comes the favor. The provision gets greater and greater because you can't do it without God. It's, look, look at my assignment. It's crazy stuff. I can't do it without God. He's got to provide. I've got to say yes and go. Okay, so that's how I found that. Wow, that's awesome. And on that note of provision, Dave, uh, and the provision of God, I know that you live in, in an incredible revelation of this daily in your life. We've had many discussions about this. Can you just share on your revelation in this, please? Yeah, so you might remember back in November, I had to do the morning service and the message was on provision. And we spoke about the three concentric circles of God's provision, which is essentially his, his economic model anyway. So in the center, we have subsistence, uh, which is a level of provision. Then we have um, overflow, and then we have a circle of multiplication. So I won't go all over all of that, but essentially that area of subsistence is the one that the church teaches a lot from the pulpit. And it's all around about Matthew 6, I think it is, from memory, all about um, God will provide for you because he loves you, okay? Simply because he loves you. And he says he provides for the birds, and, and they don't have to tithe out of that. They don't have to store. No offerings, don't put it in the barns. He will provide for you simply because he loves you, okay? We have to really understand that. Then uh, God wants to give us the next stage, which is the overflow. But the overflow is not going to come unless you do well with the provision. So, for example, if it, with the subsistence. So if you've got the subsistence and you're starving, you're hungry at the very basic survival level, uh, someone gives you money for a meal. You go and spend that on gambling or booze and your kids are still starving. There's no reason he's going to give you an overflow, is there? So he's watching you always. Okay, so now we've been proven that we can handle the, the, the subsistence level. God wants us to move us into the overflow. It's from here that we start to tithe and do offerings. Again, he's watching. What will you do with the excess? Sometimes the excess is so tiny, okay, and a lot of people won't give out of that tininess, even though they have enough for themselves. God's watching to see what will you do with that overflow. To some, it's big. But many, it's not a lot. But you're, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to actually say, Lord, I trust you. I know I've got a bit extra. I'm going to give out of that, okay? Because I know you're the provider. Essentially, what would you have? A golden egg or the provider of the golden eggs? The goose, okay? That's God's, that's what he's saying. So as you now start going through this, this uh, overflow, that's what you're expected to do. And you start looking, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? What is your will for me here? And that's usually when you get your assignment at that point. Okay, now I'm going to use this overflow to fund my assignment or do my assignment or whatever. 
And as, as we go through that, God's watching again. He says, right, now I can trust this person. Here comes the multiplication. And the multiplication is God's way of doing business. Everything in the Bible is multiplication. There is no fractions, okay? It's, it's you know, you take one minute, you come back with 10. That's 1,000% in six months. That's God's way. And he does that with us all the time, simply because we trust him at the next level. So if you consider carefully the broad Christian principle, the whole broad Christian principle of the fact is that God made everything, okay, and he wants us to rely on him for everything, no matter what level we're at, whether it's subsistence, overflow, multiplication, he still wants to provide. And the reason the ground was cursed, specifically the reason the ground was cursed, is because Adam and Eve wanted independence from God. The devil, the serpent convinced them that you'll be like God, you'll be independent from God if you, if you engage with this tree here. In other words, you will have the capacity to create vast wealth, whether through good or evil. So God shut down the ability to create wealth, which was from the ground. So he cursed the ground, okay? So we can't create vast wealth without God's provision. And that's exactly why when Noah let all the animals go out of the ark, as I said a few weeks ago, remember animals were wealth, he let them all go, he proved to God he trusts God, not the animals, not the wealth, and God said, I lift the curse, this is Genesis 8, off you, Noah, I lift the curse off your ground. So if you want the curse lifted off your ground, you've got to prove to God that, that he can trust you, okay? So here we quickly in Deuteronomy 8:18. here comes the Hebrews out of the desert, 40 years of subsistence, all manner just eating manna, not very nice, a few quails now and again, and some water from rocks. That is provision at the subsistence level at its best. Now God's saying, okay, you dudes, you're coming into the promised land, provision's not gonna work, so I am going to give you the power to create wealth. I'm going to lift the curse off your ground, but always remember it's me giving you this power. I am your provider, and if you forget that, dude, it's all gone, and you must use it for the kingdom, okay, for my covenant, so do it for your assignment. That's what he's saying. Okay, and that's what we do all the time at Paladin. We understand that, and, and I teach it to my staff, teach it to everybody that we deal with at Paladin. And if you want the curse lifted off your ground, that's what you've got to do. Okay? Wow, that's fantastic. Who's enjoying this? Yeah? Powerful. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for that. Uh, for, for Joe and Mia, uh, what changed in the way that you did life after the revelation that God is your source and your provision as well? Well, I think uh, we've always known God was our provider, but it definitely became a lot more real for us um, a few years ago when I started working in the business. Um, and the miracle offering came up and we both prayed and we're like, okay, what do we want to do? We knew we really wanted God to be the center of our marriage um, as well as our business. And so we knew we had to tie this money and we prayed it through and got a number. Um, and then every year since then, God's actually challenged us to double it. So he thinks he's funny. Um, <laughs> and so last year was double again the year before, which was a real, real faith test, a real, um, a real leap. But like Joseph said, we've had so much growth and got a workshop uh, you know, amongst tithing such a, a big amount that was challenging. Um, and so from that, what we had to do, we knew we had to really step up our faith game and our, our prayer game. And so we now do, um, every Monday night, we do a prayer night and worship night, and we just call upon that miracle offering and, and call God into the business and for him to provide. Um, and so I think it's easy to get like a heart and heart towards, towards giving. Like it's easier to sacrifice like your time or your talent, but your treasure is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and so, and especially being a woman, it's like, oh, that could be a house deposit or a car, um, you know, <laughs> provide for the future. Um, but, you know, we knew that we had to tie this to God. Um, and it's really changed the way we do business. And 
we really, we have peace when there's storms. And it's like, you're giving out so much, you would think that you're on edge, but it's like, we know God comes through for us and we trust that it's like, you're going to provide. And there's been weeks where it's like, we've had to work longer hours and to have that, you know, that miracle offering come out on a Sunday, but we've never gone without. We've always had his hand upon us. And we always claim that, you know, in the Bible, it says he's our Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. And we're like, no, we're claiming that because we can't do it without, you know, we need Jesus. And for Joseph and I to run the business, we need, we need him um, centre and we need to, to focus on him and, and it's been so good that we've been able to see like how the church has grown and, and we're so blessed to be able to, to give that amount and to be a blessing the church and see where it's come so it's a real gift to our hearts to see how he's worked in our hearts as well as the church as well. Wow, thank you Mia, that's awesome, thank you so much. Yeah. This is a question for, for both parties here as well but I'll start with you Dave. Uh, how have you seen God move in your life as you've trusted him in your generosity as well in your giving? Okay, like Mia so well said, it's all about treasure, you know, the, the allegiance to the treasure. I'll, I'll tell you a story, some of you may have heard this, um, some years ago, around about during the time of the GFC, I think it was about 2007-ish when this happened, um, we're having a, a war with a, one of our major banks, one of our most crooked banks, I think all banks are crooked, this one was just one of the one that's more crooked than all the others. Uh, and they were foreclosing on us because they got into trouble. We didn't get into trouble, they did, okay? And they weren't gonna get any funding from overseas because they had a lot of uh, development finance out, and so they just call it all back in, and they just trash whatever you're doing, and they don't care. We had about a $22 million project going, and they just came on the attack, and they sold the project for out from under us, and we were doing well, we were paying all our bills and so on, and they sold the project for, for nothing, out from under us, and said, right, you, you've got 14, we want 14 million, back from you in the next four days from my personal trust, okay? So all this is going on. It's a mega financial war going on. The whole of Paladin's in distress. And, you know, directors in the boardroom are, you know, Lord, what's next? Why is this? And so on and so on. But at the same time, uh, I got a prophetic word from the Lord to go and help a guy in Tasmania, you know? And the way it happened was um, I was talking at a conference, it was an Australian Christian Lobby Conference, and Jim Wallace came to me and said, Dave, there's a guy in Tassie, he thinks like you, he, he does business like you, he's a strong Christian, uh, I'd love you to meet him. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, awesome, you know, we're going to do business together, that might get us out of this battle with this crooked bank. Anyway, a few weeks later, I was talking at another conference, and Dave Yates came to me, also from the ACL, and he said, hey, Dave, I've got this guy in Tassie, you guys have really hit it off, you think alike, you know. I thought, awesome, same guy, we're going to make twice as much money, and we're really going to kick this bank out. And then I was talking on another conference on the Gold Coast and this, this bloke came to me, he's from, the, from here, and he said, my brother-in-law, he's from Tassie. And, it, and all of them kept giving me his first name and said, you know, you need to meet him. And I thought, wow, now we're going to make multiples of bucks and we're going to wipe this bank off the planet, maybe buy it, you know. <laughs> anyway, a few weeks later, I get asked to talk at a conference down in Tassie and I also get a finance application because we own five finance companies. This finance comes, this application comes through and it's for millions of dollars, I think it was about six mil or something. And I read it and I thought, this is not a finance application, this is an SOS, this business has had it, and I threw it in the bin. Anyway, then I get asked to go and talk at a conference in Tasmania, and at the conference, this guy is running it, the guy that I've been supposed to meet three times, James John. So I thought, wow, okay, and he comes to me afterwards and he says, hey, can we have dinner together after the conference? Awesome, now we're gonna do business together. Well, we went there and I started chatting to him, how's your business going? And suddenly I realized his business was crashing, crashing. He was under a massive spiritual attack. He did nothing wrong. 
and it was under this big attack. And yet, I said, hey, you don't have a $6 million finance contract out there. And he said, yeah, I do. I said, oh, no. We're not going to do business. I, how am I going to help him? i got my own war. And, but then I felt the Lord saying, only you can help him. Only you can convince the banks. You have the knowledge. And don't forget, you think alike. You guys are the same. But I cannot afford to lose the most senior Christian business guy in Tasmania, which is who he was at the time. So I thought, wow, okay. So I went back to my board and said, guess what, guys? I've got some more bad news. This is what we've got to do. And they said, forget it. You're off your face. And I thought, well, and, and they wouldn't do it, okay? Instructions from God, so clear. And I said, all right, well, I have to do it on my own, but I need company stationery, et cetera. And they said, do what you will. So I did. And you know what? It went right down to the very last, you know, very reasonable sized company. So the very last cash, it was $125,000, I gave it to him. I bought his house and sold it to his kid on the same day so the banks couldn't take his house, did all sorts of fancy financial stuff, got him out of the woods because God told me to, despite our circumstances, okay, despite our dire circumstances, and then that was it. He went away and he survived and he's now grown into a big business again and we went away breathless and wounded. Less than a year later, he came back to me and he said, Dave, I've got this coal mine in Tasmania. I want you to see if you want to invest. We looked at it. He did all the due diligence because he's a project manager. didn't have to do anything. I looked at it. I thought, wow, okay, this is the same guy God told me we're going to you know, think alike and stuff. So we went in with him and did it. Today, that mine is worth $420 million. We own 50% and a casting vote on the board. We only put in $70 million. Okay, so that was the provision that God provided back because we did, we trusted him. Don't be intimidated by the figures. It's at every single level of your life. That's exactly how we broke through. Wow. Wow. That's so awesome and so encouraging, isn't it? Inspiring when we hear those stories. And it doesn't matter what level uh, you're at in life. I mean, don't, as, as Dave just said, don't worry about talking millions, all that sort of stuff. You have a job, whatever you're doing, faith is faith. Faith is faith. It doesn't matter what your level is or your capacity right now. It's all about trusting God and being obedient. That's what this is about. Thanks so much, Dave. And that question for uh, Joe as well. If you can share, you know, how God has moved in your lives and trusted Him in your generosity. Yeah, sure. So, um, like I said before, like uh, back in 2016, we really had to, to grow into getting a, a workshop because we were like, literally running mobile from home, home office, working out of a garage, and it just was way too much. Um, and we knew we had to get a workshop, but it was just the scariest thing that we could do. Like, we wanted to do it, but we were just scared. And uh, we just knew we just had to take the leap of faith. And uh, we were looking at, like, workshops, like, you know, sheds and stuff like that. And I had on my mind where I wanted to go in Kiwana. I just had it in my heart to be there. And we looked at a lot of places, but there was just a lot of just, like, just ugly, crap places that just weren't what I wanted. Um, and, and then we finally found a place, but it was really big. And, but at the same time, we knew we couldn't just move into a small shed. It had to be a big one because we needed room to grow um, because there's no point fitting out and then having to grow out of that and it's just too costly and it's just not very smart. Um, so we, we wanted to move into this workshop and, you know, we had to do a massive fit out. It was never been leased before. So, you know, we had to do like an $80,000 plus fit out just to, so it meets, you know, requirements and council regulation and everything like that. And, and we didn't have eighty thousand uh, dollars, so it was just a massive, massive faith step to trust in the Lord that you know He is our prov- provider. And, and so we went ahead with it, um, believing that God, you're just going to make a way. Like we just had just all, all our faith was in Him, it wasn't in money. Um, and you know, God just made a way for us in in so many areas. Like the landlord who actually built the whole complex, he said, "Well, if you don't have money, I'll actually build it all for you." Uh, and 
will uh, add that into the lease and you just pay me back and uh, nearly interest free as well. So it's all in the papers and like no one ever really does that. Um, and you know, he's a great landlord. We had like a rent free period uh, because it took like three months to, to fit it out. Um, but like even still, we had to do a lot of work on top of that because that was just the basics. And it, it, it got very challenging because you know we, we were giving, we were always um, doing the, the the pledge, and we would think like, what if we just use this money to buy that? And if we get this out of the way, it'll make so, so much so much easier to do X Y Z. And and it was so challenging. It always crossed their mind, and we just were had we just were like, no, like you know we we have to honor our word and, and honor our pledge and give to God and trust in God that He's just going to make a way. And, um, like, sometimes it was, like, you're literally hanging on, you're waiting the phone to ring, and, and then all of a sudden, like, the phone just doesn't stop, you know? And, and God just makes a way, which was so, um, you know, inspiring and, and helpful. And, you know, I just think, like, it's, it can be different for everyone, like you mentioned before. Like, you know, maybe you want to start a business, uh, and you, it's just it's such a scary transition. You've never, like, we've never done anything like this before, like, um, and and you don't know what to do, but you, you, we just had to trust God, and, like, that's what it just all comes down to, and uh, even if maybe you want to, you know, move from your high-paying job to a low-paying job because you felt, feel God, that's what God's called you to do, I think you just got to hang on to that and, and know that if it's God calling you, because we had people that we you know, value their opinions, but they didn't think it was a good idea. And we would come to them like, no, no, God's called us for this. And they'd be like, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. And, and weren't support, like weren't backing us. And that really makes you question. It pulls at you and, you know, because you want their, you value their opinion. But at the end of the day, it's God's opinion that matters. And if he wants, he wanted us to do that. So we just knew we had to do it and um, keep at it. So, yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's fantastic. Uh, back over to Dave again. And Dave, walking the journey of life and family, business, ministry, means that there are often lean times uh, when you are building. And you shared one little uh, story before about this. But, uh, and there's times and experiences where you experience opposition from the enemy. And sometimes life just happens. And the breakthrough point seems a little far away. How have you kept faith and stayed strong during these times? Okay, so this is really, really important, guys, for all of us. I'm usually lecturing to business people, but to every single body, we're all going to have attacks. The enemy, understand, the enemy, the devil, does not want you to succeed in your assignment at all, okay? Does not want this church to influence this community or us individually, collectively, or any under any circumstances. And we'll, you will always get attacked, and we should always expect to be attacked, and we should always anticipate being attacked. Like, like the military, they prepare for battle, expect it to come. Okay, I've had ASIC ban me for two years from the provision of financial services because they said I misled the public, which is the biggest load of rubbish on earth. I didn't. You know, we pay 17% per annum paid monthly to investors for 17 years. Best track record this nation's ever seen. But because I was a director of a company that employed an uh, incompetent compliance officer, which they appointed, they banned me on a technicality and so on, you know. That's how corrupt this place is. But at the end of the day, that's an attack on my integrity. I'm lecturing all over the world on biblical economics, at economic summits, at secular summits. Everything I do is free. I never charge. I get offered 10 grand to go and talk here. I pay my own ways. I never take the money and so on and so on. Point being, it, my integrity is my assignment, you know, and you will get in the, attacked in the area of your assignment. So how do you deal with that? How do you prepare for it? How do you cope with all of that sort of stuff? 
I think the key is intimacy with the Lord. I think we have to learn to hear from God ourselves, not just rely on the pastor or the intercessors and so on. Certainly they have massive input, but we have to learn to spend time with God. He created us in his image so that we can communicate. We have a, we're spirit beings. Nothing else is. No dogs, no goannas. Nothing else can talk to God. Only people. Okay? Only we have the concept of spirituality so we can communicate. So we must go and communicate. You know, I take every Wednesday off the whole day to go and pray. I jump on my jet ski. I go miles on Lake Barumba to the other side, set up camp way in the bush where there's no signal, no technology, no nothing. And then I want to know from the Lord what's next, you know. How, how Lord, why is this Asic monster after me? What, have, what did I do wrong? The Lord's saying, you didn't do anything wrong. That's the devil. You have to learn to stand. Ephesians 6 says, put on the armor, do this, do that, get to sort out everything else, and then stand. Stand means to do your assignment. Don't let the devil stop you. So that's the key. Just keep going with what God's told you to do, and you will always overcome the devil. The Lord showed me in, during those pray days, the devil is made in the image of an angel. Lucifer was an angel. We are made in the image of God. We are a higher being. We will always overcome him if we stay in that image of God. So that's why I take the whole day. I learn so much doing it. I think everybody should. I also get a lot of input. Pastor Paul's always got prophetic words. Uh, and he, often we have breakfast together. Not that he can have breakfast with everybody. Just some, sometimes he just says to me, Dave, we need to chat because I'm running KI. He wants to see what am I teaching. So Paul's my accountability line. So is the leadership of this church. I announce it everywhere in the world that I go. Even in Thailand, massive audience last week. First thing is my covering. I mentioned Paul and you guys by name as my spiritual covering and accountability line. Okay, so that's crucial to me. I have intercessors. I've paid intercessors. I pay Pastor Suzette and Pastor Elizabeth and their team and they pray for me. They send me prayer reports every two weeks. They're terrifying. It looks like they're reading all my emails. They're so accurate, you know, and they pray for nearly 200 businesses now and they pay. We, I don't want her to work. I want her to pray. So it's her income now. That's awesome. That's how it should be. So there's a lot of spiritual covering and activity and that's what gets me through all of those hard times and difficult times. Wow. Wow. That is fantastic. And Dave, I think, you know, on this note, I'd like for you guys to just bring an encouraging thought uh, for everybody here during our discussion now. And um, we might just start with you, Joe. If you can bring an encouraging thought, what you'd like to leave with everybody today as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, for me, I honestly believe uh, that it's so important to understand why we tithe and what's why does the church talk about it every weekend. And so getting understanding of it so that you, you can be in your heart to, to do it and also the power of giving to understand that and for me it was I'm no like great reader but that book at the back that uh that the church gives away which I think is awesome that is called The Blessed Life that if you just give that book a read it honestly really helps break it down and gives you a really good understanding so I would just say get onto that book and yeah that would help heaps I think. So good and over to Mia. I would just encourage you to, like, prayer is so important. And especially if you are married, you both need to pray together, not pray individually. Pray together in the same room and get the same answer. You need to be unified um, when you are giving an amount or if you've been challenged on something. And if you are single, pray and seek it through and talk to your pastor to make sure it's right. But then you've got to be obedient and follow through. Mm, wow, that's fantastic. You know, on that note of prayer as well, we run a Tuesday morning prayer meeting here at 6 a.m. Every Tuesday morning we have a connect time from 6 till 6.15 and then we pray until 7, just after 7. And uh, if you don't know how to pray, I want to encourage you to come. 
Come and be here. We have a, a church-wide prayer meeting and uh, some worship, prayer. It's a powerful time, and we would love to see you here. I'd love to see this place packed on a Tuesday morning. So come, learn how to pray. Learn how to stand together as a church, and uh, just incredible mornings on Tuesday mornings. So thank you for adding that in, Mia. appreciate that. And to Dave. Okay, I would encourage you to um, trust God to the level that you can demonstrate it to Him. So demonstrate to God that he can trust you, okay? Like Noah did when he let the animals go and so on and so on. So we have to prove to God that he can trust us uh, and that we can go up out of subsistence overflow to multiplication. So uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, you know, we're putting kingdom investors online because I can't do, I'm too old to travel 78 trips overseas every year, you know? So we're putting KI online. Now, the stuff that we teach reaches many millions of people. Last year, I lectured in Miami to a church, about 3,000 Hispanics. That then was put on TV, went to about 2 million people on their station. Then it went to South America to 64 million people, six lectures. So, you know, if we formed KI online and so many people are saying, you know, you should have a membership thing and you should charge 20 bucks a month and so on, because that adds value, et cetera, et cetera. But I've never charged for anything at KI, and I'm, I'm concerned about it, okay? It bugs me. I don't want to monetize my assignment. You know, even though we need the money, you know, even no matter how big the business, you still need cash flow, and, and every dollar could go to fund the kingdom, grow the ministry, whatever. But I'm still worried. It, it bugs me. It's in my heart. I'm thinking, mm, I don't know about this. And it's a lot of pressure from all parties saying you should do this. Think of that, 64 million people, just 1% joined at $20 a month. You do the math, $12.8 million a month, a month, okay? That's not a lot of hard work to do that. The content is there already. We're just filming the lectures now. We've got a studio in our office. We're filming all the lectures. We're going out in the bush and filming and putting them all up. So that's just, you know, just this last week, 7,000 people in the audience. And, and what if they join? And I asked them, I said, you guys want, you want more of this info? Every hand went up out of a vast audience. And, you know, so I thought, okay, I need to know from the Lord, do, do I charge or not? And so I jumped on my jet ski last two weeks ago, went out to Barumba right to the back. Hey, get a jet ski. You can't pray without a jet ski. <laughs> so I went out to the bush. Now, the whole way driving to Barumba, it's 40 minutes drive, on the ski, setting up camp, I'm whinging to the Lord. Lord, I don't know, should I be charging? What do, what do, what do you know? I reckon by 9 o'clock, God's sick of me whinging. You know, by the time I sit down and I open my Bible, the very first verse that I opened it to was this one here. It's 1 Peter 5, 2, okay? And, and I, I'm thick-skinned, don't forget, as I said earlier. This is what he said. Watch over the group of God's people that God has given to you. Be like a shepherd to them. Do not do this work because you, uh, do this work because you want to do it. Now, he knows I don't like public speaking. He knows I don't like doing guys. He's saying to me, do it because you want to do it. Learn to like it, you know? And he said, that is how God wants you to do, do this. Do not do it just because you have to. Do not do this work because you want money. Instead, do it because you want to help people. Doesn't get more direct. Might as well have sent me an email. Okay? So can you put that slide up, please? So that slide, in order, remember I said demonstrate to God that you are going to trust Him. Now, I'm forfeiting like 12 million a month, okay? So I did that slide at my very last lecture in Thailand the other day. In yellow, I said, it will be free. Okay, so God knows that I'm publicly announcing that, Lord, I trust you for the provision from some other source. KI will be free. That's a big decision in my little world, you know. So 
That's exactly what I'm saying to you. Demonstrate to God that He can trust you and then He knows He can, he can take you into multiplication. Okay. Wow. Yeah, let's put our hands together for Dave, Joe and Mia.